welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And Swerve Strickland, after making his AEW debut just about a month ago, makes his Talk is Jericho debut tonight. He's got stories about his run with Lucha Underground, including the inspiration behind the Lieutenant Jermaine Strickland character and the evolution of his masked character, Killshot. He's got some thoughts on why Lucha Underground got canceled as well. He talks about his time at the WWE, the formation of Hit Row with Ashanti, the Adonis, Top Dalla, and B-Fab, what led to its demise and Swerve's ultimate release. He speaks the fallout from the social media rap during Hit Row's feud with Ginger Mahal, his relationship with Triple H, what he learned from Shawn Michaels, and the feedback he got from William Regal. And Swerve talks about coming to AEW, how it happened, and what he hopes to accomplish now that he's here. Swerve just went to the Grammys as well, explains how that all happened and uh, how he ended up befriending one of Kanye West's producers and songwriters. You hear all about Swerve's music as well. He's a very uh, up-and-coming rapper and the rap cipher that he did with WWE. So Swerve Strickland coming up and also coming up the release of Fozzie's new record, Boombox, Friday, May 6th, just a few days away. Pre-order it today wherever you buy and stream music. You are going to love it. I think it is the strongest album of our career, and I think it's going to be a huge smash and take us to the next level. Uh, and we've been having a great time speaking of being on the next level in the Save the World Tour. It's one of my favorite tours I've ever done. And on Thursday, Cinco de Mayo, we're in Los Angeles at the legendary Whiskey Agogo on the Sunset Strip. Tomorrow night, Thursday, May 5th, once again, come rock with us at the Whiskey. It's going to be a huge show. And then the next night after that, Friday night, Garden Grove, California, at the Garden Grove Amphitheater. Saturday, we're at Roseville, California, at the Goldfield Trading Post, San Francisco on Sunday night at the Great American Music Hall, and Monday, May 9th in Reno, Nevada at the Virginia Street Brew House. More dates after that in Colorado, Kansas, Arkansas, and uh, finishing it all off at Pops in St. Louis. There are tickets available. Go to FozzyRock.com. And also, one of the greatest, best VIP meet and greets in the business. We play a mini set for you. We do a Q&A. You can see our Q&As on our Instagram story. You guys, whatever you want. We sit right in front of you and talk to you and hang out. So go to FozzyRock.com for all ticket and VIP information. And stay right here for Swerve Strickland dropping rhymes and telling tales right here on Talk is Jericho. All right, so uh, here with uh, Swerve Strickland, and the first thing, just jump right into it. I have to ask you a question. Yes, about, sir. Uh, you're you were at the Grammys. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that was pretty freaking cool. It looked like you had a pretty good spot there. It was amazing, and like, uh, so how that all came about was like um, uh, after I was like, oh. I had like my 90 days and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to sit home. I'm going to like reach out to my resources and contacts, see what I can really get into. So I had like one dude I went out to L.A. He's a big businessman, knows everybody. So I was, just, I was like, I'll spend like 12 days out in Hollywood. Give me the contacts, whatever the, you know, like the, if you can do the introductions, I'll just take it the rest of the way. Right. He's like, oh, cool. Yeah. So he just gave me all these contacts. I reached out to like 30 people, maybe got like eight back but that's still good that's odds that's yeah. still pretty good odds in hollywood and stuff that's like that very good odds. that's not bad so one of the dudes was like a writer for right kanye west um for the donda album the donda one and the uh, second one that came out so uh one night i was hanging out with him um and he was like hey we're gonna go to the studio i was like okay so he drives the studio at like 1 in the morning Two, two o'clock in the morning, we end up in like my man Prophet's um, studio, and he's like, "We're we're recording your entrance song." I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "I didn't like entrance song for where I didn't I don't have a destination where <laughs> right, I'm going. Right. I have some contacts to reach out to, but 
So we made my entrance song right there. He ended up um, producing two songs for Kanye West's um, Donda album, and that they both won Grammys for. So he was like, hey, we're nominated for the Grammys. It's like, uh, so we're going to the Grammys or whatever. Want to come through? So I was like, okay, cool. So I did Dallas, WrestleMania weekend, and um, uh, did the uh, Ring of Honor show. And then the next day, got on a plane and went to Vegas, and I was at the Grammys with him. So tell me how that, because I've done a few of those award shows, but what was it like? Tell me about the experience of being at the Grammys. Uh, it was cool. Like, uh, There's like the two, two different type of red carpets. There's like the main, main red carpet where the Justin Biebers and the Billie Eilishes and all them walk and all that. So And there was the other side where like, those are production and the people that like support and make sure those guys are gotcha. near the stars and stuff. And that was like also the pre-award ceremony where they're like not every, you know, uh, Award gets on the main show, like, yeah. You know, best heavy uh, metal, <laughs> hip hop, rap out the rap album of the year was in that. No kidding, yeah, really, yeah, rap album of the year and like um best um wow, uh, oh, what's a there was a crazy category like best alternative rock hip hop slash reggae and all that stuff. All those awards are over there. Yeah. So we end up like finding out he won the two awards by like a text. <laughs> So we're like, he was like, hey, hey, you won. Yeah, you won on both records. We we're like, oh, oh. So we we're in the hallway walking into MGM, like celebrating while everybody's like shuffling passes and stuff. So it was a really good experience. But it was real, like we saw like Lil Nas X walk through. He did the pre-ceremony thing. Uh, met Malik Youssef, who wrote the college dropout album with Kanye and wrote, helped write um, Graduation and like pretty much every Kanye album. He's been like right there with them. Cootie, who did the documentary for Kanye on Netflix, I met him. It's like it was just cool, just being like integrated in that system. Now, do you rap as well, right? Yes, yeah, that's great. Yes. Yeah. So, have you recorded some stuff with those guys or on your own? Or yeah, they did my entrance song, and I rap on oh, that. So you rap on the entrance song? Yeah. Oh, yep. excellent. It's a collab out, a collab work with them. Um, he's also just sent me like twelve beats that he's like, hey, like let me know which ones you feeling, man. I'm like, this is a Grammy award running like producer that's just sending me beats just like hey check these out see what you feel i'm like all right cool so so we're about to do some more work in the future with them i have three albums out on um, right spotify now yeah actually. that's amazing yeah it's interesting to me talking about how how, how uh writing a rap song works that you mentioned sending you the beats yeah so and we'll we'll go into interesting in a couple seconds but so yeah, tell yeah. me how that works because obviously with rock and roll it's a riff or it's a melody yeah. line for a lyric that you might have but hip hop's more based around hearing a beat that you connect with. But um, it's not too far off from rock because rap has evolved so much that so many different genres come in to mix it to make it like it's almost the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's people sampling like Pantera and there's people sampling Suicide Silence and like um, right. uh, Devil Driver. They, sure. That's sampled in, rock, in rap music now. Like if you listen to the Donda album with Kanye, he experiments with that a lot. Hmm. There's a lot of hard guitar synths in there. Um, he has Marilyn Manson on like some of his, uh, on his concerts and stuff like right, that, right, but right, I'm pretty right. sure he produced and did a lot of writing and stuff. He like the thing about Kanye West, Kanye West isn't just a person and guys, other artists like that. They're not just a person. They're a whole organization. Oh, it takes right. like 20, 25 people to create one like chorus or something of a section right, of a yeah. song for a Kanye West. Because you see that quite a bit if you look at a, a song and who wrote it. 
there'll be yeah. seven or eight writers yeah. on it. And you're like, how the hell does it take eight guys to write a four minute yeah. song? And like hip hop, it's like two and a half minutes now. <laughs> so, wow, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's like songs are getting shorter because people's attention span, they don't want to hear this. But then you got like Tyler Creator who just lets songs just beats just ride and he's just changing the beat and it's going up and then this back down again and like this and it goes on for six to eight minutes mm. but that's what his specialty is and like people go to him to hear that they want to take that journey musically and sonically with him you know some other rappers are just wanted like all right two and a half minutes we out next song right, right, right. you know how so. is it for you writing a song though we've talked about he sent you some beats so what do you do yeah. with those 12 beats uh when i hear the beat i try to see what the story is of the beat mm. i got i gotta hear like like the intro what's the build up to it where does the beat drop where does everything like the where's the bridges connect can i ch- take that bridge can i put it in the beginning and stuff like that what can i rearrange this to make my story so i kind of let the beat tell me what to say mm. you know i'm like this beat's like telling me this sound is saying something like i feel like roses okay roses is going here oh, roses, cool. flowers flowers give me my flowers flowers is like okay so like it's kind of takes you on that voyage of it it's like it's almost like looking at a like you stop you're driving you stop you see the scenery and you stop and you look at the scenery the scenery's telling you the story what does what? it inspire you to think yeah. right like, that's interesting know. yeah so music's the same way to me so that's, and that like really li- literally shifted my wrestling philosophies as well in what way honestly letting not the we all say let the crowd dictate the story and like what's your story they're matching all that mine is like okay what does this person make me feel this individual that's like, and I don't have to predetermine it. I just like, no, how do you make me feel? How does this individual make me feel? Not you, not you, me. So mm. therefore my match is already different from with this guy than any other match he's ever had with anybody else in the locker room because he made me feel this way. Mm. So therefore I go through matches like, oh, like I never seen him work like this because, oh, he's working with me now. Because he's giving me a different feel, and I'm giving him a different feel. So that's my first thing, emotion I try to capture with anybody I'm mm. in the ring with, you know. And so and that's the same way with music. What's that first thing? What's that first like sound that you hear? Yeah. It's like, oh, I I feel this way about this song. Okay, but I feel this way about this song. I feel this way about this beat. I feel this way about this instrument. Everybody feels something different, and it's the art is the beauty of it is finding what your story is to that sound, that beat. That rift, are we going to take it up? Does it make you feel sad? Does it happiness, joy? Is it somber? Is it like there's all these different things just off of one little sound? That's and that's the story. You know, I always say that with a promo or a match yeah, as well. Absolutely. For me, it's like, what's the tone of what I'm trying right. to get at? I mean, maybe the words aren't there yet mm-hmm. or the high spots or the finish. But what, what's the tone of this of this segment? Is it serious? Is it a squash match? Is it meant to be a classic? Is it, you know, jokey? And then kind of everything kind of falls into place from that. So right. it's kind of a similar idea. Yeah, you kind of like take what's given as well. Mm. After a while, like you're not like you don't have the full plan. You have the idea, but then as you're going into it, you're feeling it. Now you're feeling it's going to take you into a different way. And oh man, oh something was given to me out of here. Let me take something from that, and now let me go dive into that because, like. Is this the same with music? It's the same with comedy. Comedy pe- comedians like, oh, this guy laughed at this. Okay, let me right dig into that Focus a little more. Yeah, and then now the rest of the crowd wants to dig into that. So like, there's so many different things about like just entertainment. You have to pay attention. Yeah, 
you know, this whole sports entertainer thing that, that I'm doing right now, it started yeah. when I was with Eddie Kingston yep. in Bridgeport and we had a face to face and he said, this is pro wrestling. You want sports entertainment, go down the road. Right. And because we're in Bridgeport, people started kind of like the way they were active. So they were showing disdain for sports entertainment. And I was right. like, Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if I could use that as a heel. Yeah. Only because you're listening, like you said, what are you giving from this audience? So yeah. that's smart to, to think that. Yeah, and then like people want to be in on everything who's watching at home. Mm-hmm. So if that crowd's reacting in a certain way, then this the next city you go to from watching it at home, they're going to be like, well, I want to join into that like reaction and the, the finger pointing and the mm-hmm. belittling and badgering at this act that we're going, you know, the performing. Like, so you tap into that and then you see what city you can tap in from them from those emotions from that audience then the next city you find and then people are watching home are all being educated and watching that stuff you know it's interesting one of the reasons why i like have doing talk is jericho's getting to know people and we just met a month ago or whatever right, it was yeah. and, and then in 10 minutes into this i'm already thinking this guy's very smart He's very very smart guy the way you think about the business and, and you understand the whole concept of what it is which is another reason why i'm so surprised that that i'm very happy that you're here but i'm surprised yeah. that you were in the position to have to come to AEW right after being let go from, from WWE. but um let me just ask you uh what was that situation because to me hit row was was pretty f- cool uh, much like oh god, what was what was Bobby Lashley's MVP? Oh, hurt business. Hurt, like yep, that yep. was the coolest thing, and then yeah. they break them up two months later. Hit Row caused a lot of cool waves in NXT. Mm-hmm. Come to the big roster, and it's done in it seemed like a month or two months. It might yeah. be longer. I'm sure it was, but so how did that feel for you? Because obviously, you mentioned when you had to do new ring music, you didn't even have a destination. So obviously, it kind of took you by surprise. For me, it was a. Uh... Like the first thing was like when we did the draft, we were there um, in Baltimore. Um, did a we did a dark match and um, uh, we had AJ wrestle uh, Cedric. But before that, we had like a two minute promo live, like all four of us. They just wanted to see how we interact and stuff like that. Uh, they didn't even ask to hear it. They was like, "Oh no, you got two minutes. Go do your thing." Oh wow, yeah, that's rare. There. Very rare for yeah. all four of us. Wow, yeah, <laughs> four people with a microphone. And who were all four of you again? It was you. It was me. Uh, Tahuti was a- a- Ashante the Adonis. AJ who was Top Dollar, and Brianna Brandy who was uh, B Fab. Gotcha. And so like we just like had we had some lines tucked away. So we had two and a half minutes literally. Bing boom 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 boom. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Boom. And then we wrapped it up. And then they had the match and everything. Edge was like one of the first people to greet us in the back. Said like, "We love. We need this like product. We need this on this on this brand. You know, this is the great content that we need. Mm-hmm. It's young. It's hip. It's, it's hip, like, youthful yeah. and stuff like that. So we're like, oh, cool. And then like the following week, I forget what city we were in, but we flew out. We did like another backstage promo with uh, New Day without Biggie. Biggie was on Raw with the WWE title. And then the week after that, we were getting flight information. And then Brianna didn't have any. And we were like, wait, what's going on? So, like, AJ called to make sure everything with flight was in, flight info was good and stuff. Um, they said, no, this, everything's good. And we're like, she's not needed this week. We're like, okay. And then, like, on the flight, literally mid flight coming down, your phones start buzzing and everything. We see that she's released along with, like, a bunch of other oh, releases yeah. and all that stuff. And uh, we're just like, oh, oh, what? What? Because she's so, a big part of the act. Yeah. And she's a wrestler too, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially as a female that can talk with the guys in the group as yes. much and like pals around, like, it was like super like 
It's like a Wu Tang thing, right? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, like group, this is yeah. our Nicki Minaj right here, right, you know, right. to our Young Money. So uh, that kind of like put a damper on a lot of things. And Tahuti had a, he ended up getting a, his appendix removed, so he couldn't wrestle for like maybe another three weeks. So it was like me and AJ that were having to like wrestle, get in the ring and stuff. And then AJ, apparently him calling and contacting them, asking about flight information for Brianna and all that. That was like a, a no, no and stuff. And so we had to talk with Vince and Pritchard and Laurenitis, like in the hallway of the arena. It was like a little bit of a scold session, but at the end it would turn into be like, it was like, um, oh, but don't worry. We got a lot of fun stuff. It was, and then Vince, you know, starts laughing and so everything. So you said like a that. scold session? Yeah, like a little scold. What he was they scolding scold? you about? Um, about uh, basically just AJ. Like, is, was is he was he dating her? No, or no. He was just standing up for the. Well, we team. wanted to. What happened? Yeah, travel together. We right. making sure everybody's good. Like, if it was like somebody else on the, on that was flying She's out. She's part of your act. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's like our sister. Yeah, you and know? you got heat for inquiring yeah. what happened with her? Yeah, mm-hmm. so, but it was like mainly on like AJ and stuff, and then he was like, no, you don't do that, yada, yada, yada. But then it turned into a positive way of like, right. hey, this is what we're going to do tonight, something with Sami Zayn, it's going to be awesome, it's going to be fun, we're going to have a good time, whatever. And they were like, okay, all right, cool. And that was, that was all we heard of it. Um, then we did something the following week with Jinder Mahal and uh, the rap performance type thing in the back. And then Jinder responded in a rap, and then AJ did a social media rap thing, and it was deemed offensive. Oh, right, right. He said yeah. something about him being an Indian or something. Yeah, or they, he used even... the Indian instrumental beat and whatever, right. and like it was seen deemed offensive, and he didn't get clearance for that. And, you know, the red tape you got to go through to clear certain things you want to do individually on a social media platform. And meanwhile, this is the same group that had two and a half minutes with an unrehearsed promo that did a great job. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, well, that didn't air and go anywhere. But. Oh, oh, okay, I got you. I yeah. got you. Because so, I remember seeing yeah. that tweet, and it didn't really seem all that offensive, especially with oh. the context of the argument they were having on Twitter. No, and yeah. like gender approved it. He thought it was funny. He thought it was right. great. He said, like, yeah, sure. And so then didn't get approval, and then we were getting travel um, for Survivor Series. Then it went away, and then it got back that we were doing like SmackDown, just SmackDown. And that was it. And they were like, no, then that went away. Then we're doing SmackDown Raw and Survivor Series. I'm like, okay. And then literally an hour later, we got calls from Laurinaitis saying, no, we're all let go. So it was just really weird. That's so strange, man. I don't get it. Did you ever, I mean, obviously there's an underlying factor here. Did you ever figure anything out or hear anything about the reasons? Uh, They said it was just the heat heat within within that. Um, I guess there was contract negotiations (laughs) with a B that I don't know about. Oh, gotcha. So, like, I feel like everybody individually was, like, had different things that just, they felt like, you know what, overall, like, there's no point in having the whole group together if there's going to be this mm. person, this person, this person. Mm-hmm. They just throw the whole thing away. So, they were done with it. The, the baby out with the bathwater is what they say. Exactly. Because it's interesting to me that it's like, well, what did you do wrong? I mean, you, you didn't right. come in there as a gang. You came in on your own with a... right. 10 year whatever career prior yeah yeah um like from that's why i felt defeated about it it's just like dang like i felt like i let family down mm. i felt like i let like like all this grinding and like like having these talks with triple h and nxt the, like i was like making sure i was like cut in front of people and get to him by myself like three or four times mm. my tenure there and i had serious conversations with them what kind of things did you guys talk about um 
Because he was a huge mentor for all you guys there in NXT, correct? Uh, for me, it wasn't Triple H as much. Like Triple H felt like a boss to me. Gotcha. Like, and there's no slight, no, no slight to him or nothing like yeah. that. It's just like he was the boss, though. He was the yeah. boss, and I treated him like a boss, and he treated me like an employee. And he enjoyed my my work and what I contributed to the show and my talents and stuff. But it wasn't. I didn't have the warm, fuzzy conversations like a Champa would have with them. Gotcha. Like a Cole would have with ah, them. Okay. Like a, like you know with a Finn. Finn can show him like stuff his workout equipment at home and they laugh and all that. I wasn't doing all that with Triple mm. H. For me, like I would cut him off and be like, I want to be one of your guys, one of your go to guys. I said that day one. He's like. For sure, for sure. Like I see you as like one of those guys. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, he put me in like big marquee match or whatever NXT or um, Worlds Collide. It was like four way in Houston, the big Houston Rockets arena, whatever. Kill it. I'm like, I want to be one of your guys. I always looked him in the eye and said that to him. He's like, you are one of my guys. What are you talking about? I'm like, no. And like, I know when you're committed to somebody and when you're like hesitant. Why are you hesitant with me? I always asked him that straight mm -hmm. up. And I was like, don't hesitate with me because you, I'm going to make you look stupid at the end when you <laughs> hesitate. And now everybody's going to be like, where, where was this guy the whole time? And that's when it ended up happening when Hit Row kicked off. Right. And I was like, I'm no, make me one of your guys. Don't hesitate. Like, I'm do and then, then there was a time, was the last conversation I had, he was like trying to duck off and go to get his car to get to his <laughs> private jet. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Because I got hurt. Um, the week before with a hamstring thing, I was out for like four weeks, nothing mm. crazy. And I was like, okay, so I'm hurt this four weeks or whatever. I'm going to come back. I'm going to do something different. I wasn't asking permission. I was telling him I'm doing something different. I want to veer more to like being more heelish and more like aggressive. And this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, okay. Like just get with um, Johnny Russo and you're going to write it out. Make sure you put in an email form. He's going to send it to me. I'm like, all right, cool. You can do whatever, but this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I came back. The hair was changed. Hair color was changed. I had bikers. I went to the like the short, like the long pants look. Put the grill in my mouth. Did a different jacket. I'm like, I'm giving a whole different vibe. And I walk in for TV that week. And Terry Taylor was like, Oh wow, oh, oh, this is different. Mm -hmm. This is unique. And Regal was like, He's like, Oh, the grills. That's bloody brilliant. That's bloody brilliant. I wish I would have thought of something like that. Oh, that's bloody. Regal with the grill. Oh, yeah. for you. Yeah. No, no, for him. He oh, for him. him. Yeah, he was like back in the day. He was like, when he was doing his tours in the UK. He's like, I wish I would have had a grill. I would have just mean loved everybody. Oh. So I was like, okay, if I got him to react like this, I can get anybody to react. Mm. Sure enough, um, me and um, Jonah had our match back and forth. Honestly, the person that really co-signed me and with things took a huge like upward shift for me was Shawn michaels okay sean was like i literally i got a promotion one day with bloom and canyon and i'm in their office and he's like um because i'm not afraid to like i'm not afraid to let you know like something's bothering me especially if it's justified and especially if i know i can deliver on it i'm like i'm gonna let you know i'm like no like that's so, the way it should be though right? right you should be able to talk and say what's bothering you right yeah uh, now, now there's a difference between bitching and whining yeah, about it, or having a conversation saying, yeah. "I don't understand." Yes, yeah. like being an adult, right? Like going with profession, giving the proper respects to people. I'm military. I understand that. Ah, uh, right, exactly. So I understand like chain of command, but I'm going to still be like, "Hey, like, I want to be put with this and this and that." Like, thank you for the promotion and the financial side of this, but I also want that to match what I'm doing on television. Like, I don't want to just be paid to see, be here. 
Right. Like, no, I want to be paid to perform here. Mm -hmm. And like, he's like, well, Shawn Michaels office is right there. And I was like, okay, bye. Went to Sean. I was like, Hey, um, can I have some time with you on Tuesday? Whenever you have time, he's like, sure. Send him a couple matches. Uh, he actually liked me and Darby. He liked me and Darby from an indie show and me and riddle from indie show. And he's like, this is where we need to be with you. I'm like, you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so, um, he was like texting me while they were in the meeting, saying like, "Hey, this is what they want to see next show, whatever. This is what they're saying about you, next match or whatever." So let's that's great. Up a notch. I'm like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Next match, uh, me and Jonah went two segs, twelve minutes, beat the crap out of each other. He's like, "That's what I wanted to see. That's what that's what I'm talking about." Mm-hmm. He's like Sean, like smacking me on the ass. Like there we go. <laughs> that's what the, now. Now you're in there. Now you're in there. Yeah. And then we did the takeover, stand and deliver with the gauntlet match. I started first, went 25, lasted to the end with me and Jonah, put Jonah over. Who was Jonah's name there? Uh, Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed, right, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did the big splash. Stephanie McMahon comes to the back and was like, you are like my favorite heel on this show. Nice. Like Literally, she said, I'm her favorite. I was like, well, <laughs> trips, you hear that? <laughs> so just like, I just love like proving like when I, I, I have a... That's like kind of what drives me all the time. Why I always feel like I got to do more because I feel like people don't see the potential that I see, and I they shouldn't because it's my it's your vision, vision. right? Yeah. It's mine, and I want to. But I see so much, and it's like frustrating when somebody else doesn't see an inkling of it. So I always got to just be like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna show out. I'm gonna show out. I'm gonna show out. I'm gonna prove you that you. I'm gonna prove why you're missing out on this. I'm gonna mm. prove you." I, I always want to do that, and I, that's just an emotion I always have. I remember the first match that you had here. We talked about it, and there were some things that I didn't really like. Yeah. But the cool thing about it is, and this is what what I instantly like, I like this guy, is is you came back with, well, check out this match, or, or you sent me another match yeah. that you had, or here's my thought about it. And, and sometimes, and I don't know everything. I'm just telling you my opinion. That's one right. of my jobs here. But it's perspective, just, and that's, be straight, that's be what we straight, need. straight, right? Be yeah. straight. This was good. I didn't see this. I didn't like it or didn't care for it. But then you came back and said, well, what about that? And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And then you did something the next week that we talked about that was that was really getting the groove. Mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, this guy cares. And, and you know, a, a lot of our guys here do. But a lot of guys in the business, if you tell them something, they just don't listen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. to me, is always like one and done for me. I'll give you my perspective. This Absolutely. is 32 years on the job, kind of knowing what's up. Here's my opinion. If you want to take it, take it. And the guys that take it, I always like spend a little more extra time with. Absolutely. You know, and it sounds like Sean was probably the same and, and the guys you're talking about because they know that you care. Yeah. If you don't like this, how about that? If you want me to change this, then how about I do this? That's what I always did too. Yeah. And that's how you get respect from people who go, look, I want to help this guy even more because you do need help. Yeah. You don't know all the answers yourself. I would never say I made it this far because I did it all on my own. No, like I've had help through. Like, I have two little girls. Like, Mm. the mothers that take care of them, I always make sure they're set because without them and their support, I don't have to worry about what's going on at home. Right, right, right. And, like, I don't need to, like, they give me, like, um, little phone calls saying, like, hey, she did this this week Mm. and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, that's easing off my mind. Now I can put 100% focus on, like, all these other things to make sure they're good and stay good. And when they grow and all that stuff, they can go to college. and all. There's, There's a process with that. But if I'm like not taking criticism or not taking like a critique, just like a little something simple, if I can't take that and like take that as fuel and or as a tool and make that and shift it and make myself get better at this, mm-hmm. then like this, I don't deserve to be where I'm at. 
I don't deserve to continue going if I can't like just reevaluate. So how did you end up going? You mentioned that that you know Sean's on your side and you're having all these great matches, and I know you're a North American champion in NXT. When did you finally get the call up, uh, and what was kind of the story behind that? We did the uh, Great American Bash Rap Cipher. Um, Great American Bash, which one? The, so they had Great American Bash. Yeah. Um, when I won the title, because uh, Hit Row, we were hot, right? Like, so you were yeah. Hit Row in NXT. Yes, yes. Um, so after I had that match, the blow-off match, me and Leon Ruff had a... I had oh, our, Leon Ruff, okay. That's yeah, we had our blow-off match. Gotcha. And um, we that's where we introduced like everybody in the group on camera for the first time. Before that, I was cutting these promos week by week in the studio and like the backstage curtain off studio yeah, thing. Yeah. And uh, Triple H was like, direct. his direction was just like, no, take away the script. Don't give him a script anymore. Let him just go. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm taking like little lines and little mannerisms from like film and motivational speakers and like the podcasters, like Charlemagne the God is like someone, one of my favorite people to listen to. And he always has like scriptures that he li- that he reads off of or something that he read. He has these lines and stuff. Was, is, is he a comedian? Is he a rapper? No, no, he's a, a disc jockey on a uh, disc jockey. Yeah, because gotcha. uh, yeah. I've heard that name a lot. I wasn't sure what he did. Yeah, he's a media personality. Gotcha. He interviews like rappers every week okay, on so Breakfast he's got a Club podcast and everything. Yeah, like brilliant idiots and stuff. Gotcha. And so he's he, he's just everywhere. He said this line that he said like one of my one of the things my father always told him. That he said it was just like, um, uh, you don't want to go to war with someone who cares less than you do. And so mm-hmm. I was like, huh. I heard that in a podcast and I used that in a promo. And people like, that stuck out to him. It was my first one by myself. They right. Like, Damn. Like, so people were tweeting it and quoting that line over and over again. So I credit Charlemagne the God for that one. <laughs> and so I was like, listening to other stuff, other like, like uh, other movies and stuff, just taking lines and just putting in my own like rap. Like I was changing my voice the way I would talk too. Like I, I did, I put like a lot of like emphasis on a lot of like little things that are like, I don't want to be, I don't want to look. I, don't, I want people to look a year before and look at me now. Mm-hmm. It's two completely different people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm walking different. I'm talking different. I sound different. I'm just, I, it, it just has to be completely different. reinvention. Exactly. That's how you get longevity. Yeah. That's what Sammy Callahan always told me. Yeah. So, um, uh, I watched demolition, man. I took Wesley Snipes, <laughs> Simon <laughs> Phoenix character. That's great. And I took that and it just warped it. I'm like, he's a villain, but I can't keep my eyes off him. I keep, mm-hmm. I want to see what he does next. He's doing some horrible things, <laughs> right? but I can't stop watching him. So I was like, that's what I'm going to go with. And I just took that. And, um, so that got us to building the group. Uh, Triple H wanted to put the Hitmakers, put it with me, and we became up with Hit. Ro- we came up with Hit Row. And That's a great name. Oh yeah, I love like, that name. Yeah. So it was like Death Row. Yeah. And Skid then, Row. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like so, and hits hit double entendre mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. So um, we won the title. I always say we because it was like a, literally a four person act on that whole match that culminated to like the title win. So it was right. like Hit Row won. Not like Swerve one hit row literally one, and then we did the following week. It was a, the network special. It was a Great American Bash, and um, they were like, "We're going to do a hip hop cipher." And they had this idea like have all these rappers behind us and all this stuff. Like you have rapper friends, bring them in. They're going to do this, and they're like, "Okay, we can't do any of that." So now we're <laughs> going to have you guys just do a rap cipher. All right, we're going to pre tape it right in the back parking lot or something. So what's be? a rap cipher? 
a rap sniper is like um a group of artists are in a circle or whatever like a, and like, yeah they're, you're just letting your like a rap off yeah gotcha <laughs> but, but it's like not they're not battling each other it's mm. like more of this like showcase collaborating with yeah each other. and like do I, line, do my, I do a line yeah, yeah. well it's like i do like 36 bars or something or, or just all improv rap all, uh, it could be improv, something you've written before. You can. It's just a showcase of it. Gotcha. And then that next person, they step up with a different beat, or it can be all acapella. That's cool. Yeah. So like, I can show you afterwards. Like, I'd love to. Some yeah. of the best like cyphers I've seen. I'm like, good god. Yeah. So they put like the Statue of Liberty statue behind us and stuff. Everybody. So they had Intuity doesn't rap, so he doesn't. He, mm. We had him like you're the producer of the group <laughs> the so, hype man yeah yeah so we put him in a dj booth behind us scratching records there's nothing going playing at all but he's just <laughs> yeah. like but he plays it all so well of and course, i'm like yeah. that's the best part about it um so starts off brianna starts off the uh, the cypher she kills it then aj goes different beat hard gangster rap talking about moving packs pushing this this that i'm like and i'm like we're saying this on the usa network i don't know if we <laughs> i don't know if it, like some of this content went over their heads because we rehearsed it like 12 times before the show and they were like yes we're good I'm they like, didn't know the terms i'm like are you sure <laughs> yeah. so so he's doing that and then i break off into like a like a double time fast rap for like 36 uh, i think i did 24 to 36 bars or whatever and just went off and then shot the the lights go out then our song starts then we do our entrance song that's cool so that's like not that easy to do live mm -hmm. a lot of that a lot of cyphers are pre-recorded and taped um but we did it live wow. and then we had to do our show then we did our song performance live around the arena oh cool live all together all in sync and we killed it and i think that's when smack they were like we need this on fox yeah yeah they saw so, that. yeah yeah because i think we were like right before the main event too and it was just like i don't think that everything anything like that to that capacity has been done on wwe television mm -hmm. so i'm like really proud of that if there's any mark i leave like nxt will we'll never have anything like that ever again how, how long were you guys on uh, on smackdown like literally a month like yeah, i remember it just came and went october so 12th was like when we got drafted and then we were like oh november 18th so when you let go you get let go i'm obviously you're probably mm -hmm. super disappointed yeah what happens then I listened to the, our, our whole album that night. Like, I went on IG Live and just like played the album. It was just like looking up, researching. I was just thinking, but mm -hmm. I wanted to hear our music and the other songs that we had coming out later on. That was in November. So then I was just the first contact I made was with Rocky Romero in New Japan. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Hey, what can we do? What can we make this happen?" Yada yada yada. Right. But then like um, my cousin Will Washington. He got a message from Tony Khan. He's like, when's his 90 day up? So that was like the day and the next day. Does he know Will or how does he? Uh, yeah, he does Rhapsody gotcha. uh, podcast. He gotcha. does like a lot of the media scrums. Ah, okay. Here. Oh, cool. So gotcha. He's, so he's my cousin. But funny thing is, we didn't know each other till like about six years ago. Oh. <laughs> but I was one of his favorite wrestlers to for him to uh, write about and mm. to like follow on the indies. And he was like, and his dad just walks in. He's like, "Hey, who, who's who's that?" He's like, "Oh yeah, this is uh, Shane Strickland. He's like one of my favorites, I and mean, he's killing on Lucha Underground." He's like, "You know that's your cousin, right?" He's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> that was like six years ago. <laughs> he's like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, like, like that. There's uh, Strickland. That's um uh, your, your uncle Steve's son. He's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so we guess how we became cool and close, and that now like every wrestling event, every big like um, event, like I always end up running into him, mm -hmm. and we always like have share a picture time with each other talk 
we talked back and forth we talked last night it's so it's really been has been pretty cool so that was kind of the bridge to get here and then obviously tony contacted you and that was it was pretty quick turnover yeah yeah very quick um i met with him at his hotel like i think like after february or something like that Mm. like and we talked for like an hour and a half and then like the last 10 minutes of it was about wrestling like Mm. that's how like cool we like really meshed yeah we talked a lot about football i'm a huge football fan okay yeah gotcha so how's it been for you here so far in AEW? Oh, it's been it's been great. Mm-hmm. It's been great. Um, I feel like the first day I was getting eyed up a little bit, which <laughs> okay, cool. Like this is the high this new high kid level. in class. Yeah, I'm like, I know you. We wrestled like three years ago. What are you talking about? Right, yes, right. But it's, it's supposed to like you're supposed to get that feeling. If I mm-hmm. don't, if people are like too nice with you, then like I don't feel like I'm a threat. Then mm-hmm. I always want to feel like okay, like. Yeah, but we want to work with him. But at the same time, like, yeah, be careful because like, he's for real. Mm-hmm. He's for real. Mm-hmm. Like, you you want that? You want a little bit of that feeling? Like, that's like walking onto a football fo- new football team. Like, hey, y'all better be ready. Yeah, yeah, I'm working, so y'all better work harder. Right. You know. So, but obviously, you knew a lot of the guys because yeah. you mentioned from being you know on the indie scene prior to that MLW and everything else. Yeah. So, so was there a different vibe here than than from WWE? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like just from management itself. Mm. In what way? Just like it was just easier. Like um, there wasn't too much. Like I was talking about earlier, not a lot of red tape. You got to go through too much. Like you, oh, we got to get clearance. Oh, we got to speak with so and so and so and so to get that cleared and uh, yeah yeah. I'm like I just just want to just yeah. asking about a social media post like <laughs> yeah. that, like oh yeah yeah but we got to go through this office and this channel and this and bring bring it up there then it has to come back down then it has to get approval and like like. It's none of that. It's just like, oh, yeah, talk to that guy right there. I'm like, hey, how's it going, man? Hey, we just like, yeah, sure, sure. I'm like, that right there, because like, I like it to do a lot of like media pushing with like projects and people that I have coming in and the connections. That's a big important thing for me, just mm-hmm. like how easy can I get this done and who do I got to talk to? I don't want to talk to the assistant to get a phone call to go through this and leave it a message. It shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, I don't yeah. want all that. Like, yeah. who do I got to talk to if I don't – if, if if it's too much, I'll do it myself, and I'm going to get in trouble, mm. and y'all not going to like that. So I'm just like, give me the direct contact. That, like, for me, is 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 a whole new world for me, and I love it. That's what you just expect to just be creative. Yeah, let the creators create. Yeah, exactly. You know? but, like the, or, or hold them up. Don't hold them up too much. Yeah, I mean, to give a direction, point the right direction. But that's yeah. one thing that I noticed here was was and I've talked about it a lot. Was just like you said to get away from the script system yeah of WWE was almost like i thought i was like getting away with something at first here yeah. like, you don't have to get any approval it's like well no what do you want to now, say now question about that do you think like scripts do help certain talent out yes okay that's what i feel too yes but i think the talent has to be involved in writing that script right. you know what i mean i think that we could probably use some kind of a i don't know tony would kill me for saying writer but some kind mm-hmm. of a, a an assistant shall we say or a, a accomplice that is his goal is his, his job is to go to some of the you know younger guys that haven't had a lot of promo experience right collaborative efforts say, yeah what would you like to talk about maybe you can say this i do it all the time i did it with brian pillman i did it with dante and darius when i work with them it's like it's okay to have somebody with more experience explain how you can put things together and cut out the fat yeah you know what i mean you yeah. can't let everybody go out with no uh no tether because not everybody's equipped to be able to do that Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I, I feel the same too. I feel like the some people you'd be surprised how much of that collaborative effort can actually get people's brains sparked. Absolutely, and really like flush it that they didn't even know about, but just having that person with them, like, oh man, okay, now, oh, I figured it out. No, absolutely. Yeah. When I worked with uh, uh, Jimmy Jacobs, was writing in WWE for a while. Jimmy's a great mind. Great mind, and and, and we still had to get our scripts approved from Vince. But we wrote them together. So mm-hmm. here's my voice. You got any ideas? Let's try it this way. Let's give it to him. And then he'd make a couple little changes here and there. But I always felt really uh, you could get a little bit more perspective with somebody else working with you. Because sure. when it's just you, it's like producing your own album. Sometimes yeah. it's like, hey, you might want to change. No, I'm producing it. It's my album and yep. I'm doing everything. And maybe it's okay to have somebody collaborate with you. Um, comedians do it all the time. I, I always go back to like the parallels of like what we do and comedians because I feel like we're both live acts exactly so yeah. like i feel and you're always getting how you know you're doing good is the reception of the crowd mm-hmm. so comedians is like i feel like that's the hardest hardest job of doing this um they they sit with their other comedians and their friends or their people that are like their assistants they rattle off those jokes to them because like if it's funny to you it's your content you got to know if it's funny to this guy, right. this short guy, this tall guy, this single girl, this Good married point. couple, this black married couple, this like that's a lot of different demographics in your mm-hmm. crowd that you got to you can't just be oh I laugh at it so I'm going to say it and it's good. Right. So you need like other people. Like I think that's that's where criticism comes in. Mm-hmm. Under, uh, understanding and allowing criticism. That critique I think is is the word that's like criticism almost as a negative connotation whereas critiquing it yeah. is just the pro i still process. think we need criticism too. Think criticism good yeah. i think criticisms yes because like we get criticized every freaking week for what right. we do. right sure 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 like we we see it like not everybody's going to like what we do mm-hmm. and but you kind of still want to get a gauge for where, how you want to operate and move forward you know no, i agree with that yeah yeah you know like and you also want to filter it to understand, like, okay, this isn't going to be for you, but I know who this is for. Sure. You yeah, know? that's a good point. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, how were you able to keep Swerve. I love that name. I love yeah. it for the first time I heard it. It stands out to me. Yeah. Because obviously <laughs> Swerve, is, is, is it sounds cool. It's also a term in wrestling. Yeah. Swerving somebody, fooling somebody, tricking somebody. It kind of has a lot of cool yeah. connotations. I honestly use the hip-hop um, ver- version of it. What's that? So um, it was, like, back in, like, 2009, 2010. No, like, 2010, yeah. Uh, Kanye, one of my favorite. You're a big ever, Kanye fan, yeah. <laughs> from through and through, so uh, him and the Good Music people had a, they had a song come out and it was like uh, Mercy, and Big Sean was like the hottest dude at the time, and he go and he kept saying Swerve, uh, Lamborghini Mercy Swerve, and I'm like, yo, this is so smooth and so fire the way he says this. So I was like, I'm a like now my name is Stefan Strickland. And I was like, oh, what about I, I didn't like two syllables like i read your book years ago so you remember you talking about like the syllables with the name yeah you wanted like chris jericho oh Eddie yeah, yeah guerrero yeah you know, like sean michaels <laughs> and stuff like that so i was like shane strickland uh. so i shortened it and i had a cat that ran away when i was younger named shane so long story mm, don't want to get into it got it uh sad but um so i swerve i was like that fits really cool right in there shane so like strickland. like a yeah instead of like sugar shane or like yeah, a yeah, boxer yeah. Right. so i was like shane swerve strickland yeah, so that's how that. But came you about. used that in, oh, because you had it pre WWE then. Yeah, and then so you're able to use it after. Like they were really good with that with me. They were like, "Oh yeah, we're just like you sign this. We're leasing it to you're leasing it to us, but it says not this doesn't work out and whatever, and you leave. It's right back to you." And I was mm. like, "Okay, cool." So they liked 
um, Swerve. They just, they just, we did needed to do the name change. Sure, sure. So I went with Isaiah from Isaiah Rashad, one of my favorite artists, and Travis Scott. And so Isaiah Swerve Scott. <laughs> That's great. So and they were like, we love it. It's cool. So I met Travis Scott once. And this is a true story. This oh, is back when he one was of my favorites. dating Rihanna. Was he dating Rihanna? He was Maybe. dating somebody like that. Somebody, somebody or yeah. I can't remember who it was exactly. And I met him through uh, Wall A. Right. Yeah. And he, this is not, this is not front. And I, he couldn't speak. He was too nervous to meet really? me. Really? Too nervous to meet me. And Dude. this was before he blew up. He did the, the, I think he did the BET Awards. Yeah. That weekend. And that was kind of. He did of the his, rodeo album then. Right. With and, the big truck. Yes. Yeah. And that was okay. kind of his big breakthrough, right? Yeah. So that was, that was huge. That weekend. He was like, oh, this is this. He's going to be huge, uh, Travis Scott. Yep. And he's like, hey, man, can't believe it's Chris Jericho, man. Yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Dude. So um, when we were in Orlando at Revolution, uh, yeah. Revolution yeah. my guy, uh, Flash and Heck. Yeah, I, I met a couple of your guys. There, yeah. yeah. So Heck, he's uh, Diddy's A&R. He meets like the best artists in the world all the time. He, he flies to uh, Dubai with Wayne on his oh, private. Right. Lil Wayne on his private jet. He was like, dog, I got chills meeting tony khan bro i got like chills like oh my god meeting chris jericho meeting sting like oh my god like i got chills like dude you're like like, these are icons of course in our industry but like you're meeting like like the crazy icons in the music industry but he's like yo yo they cool and all but these guys man oh my god man thank you for this i'm like like, it's just so funny the parallels like yeah it's crazy like i would lose my mind meeting a travis scott right like losing my mind So it's funny you mentioned something that you came from a military background. I know you were actually yeah. in the military. So um, how did military, which is very regimented, how did that lead to, to pro wrestling? Was that something you always wanted to do? And- I was doing both at the same time. Okay, wow. It was like, okay, so my, my first like year as being a man was rough. <laughs> like as far first as like, being a man? As far as like going, like leaving high school gotcha. and start entering manhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so my mom, like... Um, super supportive she was there at revolution mm-hmm. like she's always supported this um but like as soon as i graduated high school she was like boom you got to get out you got to do something i was like okay so i went to two weeks after i graduated i went to military like went to literally a boot camp in south carolina oh wow did nine weeks of that went to georgia was there for 22 weeks and i didn't come home come home till i was like 20 2000, 2008 didn't come home till like 2009 of february so I came back, I worked a job in like UPS, hated it. I literally, like, if I don't like something, I'm just like, ugh. I'm out. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, I'm done. Oh, yeah, two weeks notice? No, I'm leaving now. Yeah, now. Like, right. I'm out. Like, yeah. so I like literally like dropped stuff. I didn't show up to work. Uh, mm-hmm. I ended up moving down. That was in Pennsylvania. This is like York, Pennsylvania, Central PA. So graduating high school i graduated Donald high school in lancaster and i was like 20 minutes i lived 20 minutes from adam cole oh so we grew up in the same area and graduated oh, okay well yeah so we known each other since 2010 and stuff so that's the yeah. story in the lancaster itself. pennsylvania lancaster right? that's also like york pa was like the rich swan area okay um i'm trying to think who else there's some other guys that came up like joe gacy who's killing on nxt mm-hmm. right now that area the chameleon club it, yeah like that era was just yeah. groomed like <laughs> i don't know how we used to play the whole time they just shut it down during the yeah, uh, yeah. the chameleon yeah. yep yep yeah. um i wrestled there did you yep yeah yep yeah. uh so uh ended up moving from pennsylvania just grabbed all my stuff in a big old tv moved down to richmond virginia slept on my mom's couch started wrestling training that week 
Hmm. Uh, she paid for my first month's tuition. Um, and then, like, I got a job working at a cemetery. I was literally, like, I wasn't touching bodies or nothing like that. I was just like, oh, there's some brush over. Oh, yeah, the you had to clean up corner. the grave sites. Or yeah, that. so I was just, like, picking up sticks and, like, driving around. It was, like, four <laughs> hours of wasting time. But she was like, I know where you are. You're making money. Like, you're yeah. monitored. You're good. Like, my mom was always, like, she, she puts you out there, but she's not too far off. Mm-hmm. She has some connection to what right, you're doing. Right, same right. with the military. Like me and my me and my older sister, we're in the same we're in the same unit. Oh, so she wow. was my sergeant. Oh no kidding. Yeah. So my how mom was... set it up that way. <laughs> All right. She I don't know how. Like my mom jumped around on a lot of different um like jobs. She yeah. sold houses. Then she went to recruiting people in the military. Then she d- sold insurance. Then she worked at a mil- uh, uh, funeral home. And all that sounds stuff. like it sounds like a kids movie. Sergeant oh, yeah. Sis. Yeah. Like <laughs> so she had a job in every field, and I don't know how she does it, but. Like her grind and effort is, I think, where I get mine. Rubbed off on you, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, so my first year of turning 18 years old, started wrestling training, military, got a job, went to school at ITT Tech for drafting and design, and um, found out my ex girlfriend was pregnant. Mm. So that's where my oldest um, gotcha. coming into the world. And this is all at 18 years old. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, I can't do all this. I got to take away something. Mm. So I end up leaving school. And they're just focused on getting a job and supporting my Take daughter. Care of your kids. Yeah, yeah. She was living in Pennsylvania, so gotcha. that was like a three-hour drive, four-hour drive to go see her and do military and then come back, train, mm. work a job, be there on time on Monday, which is impossible to do <laughs> um, without being tired. But I, I found a way to make that work. And then so I did that for like six years. And then after my sixth year of the military, I got signed to Lucha Underground from through Conan. Oh wow! Yeah, so, so you'd already been training at that point, and then when, yeah. that was your first kind of big. Uh, oh yeah, my first match was like in 2009, March of 2009, and I was just doing like little indie. Gotcha. But your first big break was Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground. That was in 2015. How was that? Because for a while I watched that and I thought it was really really cool for for a bit. That was another place where the creativity just flowed. Mm. No matter like they were just so open to ideas. It's a little tricky because like you they can't like they can't modify or change too much direction because it's written season seasonally. Oh, right. So if like, no, Oh yeah, we want this, but Oh, this person's getting over it. Like, Oh yeah. But, uh, we already shot the scenes for this and that, oh, that, gotcha. that. So we made it like a one big long movie yeah, almost. Right. You shot it in like the block of like March. So, gotcha. It, so you shot like, um, three month block March to April, May, and then end in June. Um, say this character's getting over in December. Oh, yeah. oh well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry, got to catch you in the next season. Right. That was the only tricky part about that. Mm. Um, but it was like that's where I, like I really started figuring out. Okay, I got. That's where I figure I can't just be the same person I was on the indies. Right. To here. Right. You have to. You have to modify. You have to adapt. You have to change and not be afraid of the change and afraid of mm-hmm. failing at changing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are so afraid of getting the negative reception once again criticism they're afraid of that so they just stay in their bubble and they just stay the path because yeah yeah. so that's why i say i welcome criticism because it's going to you got to get kevlar on your chest (laughs) you have to build that up you have to be like you're shit what was your character in lucha because that's some pretty crazy thoughts and ideas and oh kill shot um kill shot yeah that was me um 
actually came up with they had they had an idea to put me in a mask they had no idea what the character was going to be because it wasn't a robert rodriguez creation mm. like a prince puma was a robert rodriguez creation he actually created those characters yeah, yeah so there was like like the robert rodriguez the uh son of havoc one was created by him prince puma was well i'm trying to think of the more names but um thunder rose's character was one gotcha quite a few yeah cobra moon yeah there was like yeah, cobra creations. Moon, right, right. but mine was just like oh we just want to put you in a mask so come up with something so came up with kill shot military character all the stuff and then the first season, I was like, oh, I feel like I just wrestled matches. I don't feel like there's nothing. There's no meat to me. So after, after that, I wrote, like, I took that like that break after we filmed the seasons of, like, writing more depth to the character. And I'm a Metal Gear Solid fan, so I put some espionage in there. <laughs> I put some, like, oh, what if, what if he was, like, also an uh, informant? And then what if he was all this? So Wade from my character can weave in between different characters. Right, so right. I was writing my character to be able to, like, interact with other characters and they liked that so they just kind of took all of it and like formed it and made something and they had me shoot like this vignette of me in the desert like taking down all these like um terrorists and like <laughs> shooting stuff just to build a backstory and people really generated to that like r they really gravitated towards that character because it was a person mm -hmm. a lot of the characters were like mayan aztecan yeah, monsters yeah, or, yeah like, exactly they yeah. were like the, the, it was a very fantasy mm -hmm. and that's cool but like i was like I was like, okay, I got to do something to be over here. Right. Because right, everybody's right, going right. over here. And that same with my wrestling style. Everybody was so fluent. And, like, you had Morris in there. You had Ricochet there. Then you had Jack Evans and Angelico. Gotcha. Phoenix. Aerostar. Drago. You can't compete with that. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Right. There's no way I can, like, if even if I do, I'm not going to do it as good as them. Yeah. And then I'm just going to be lost in another wave yes. of guys. So. They put me in a, in a uh, story with Marty the Moth, and he's a flamboyant, laughable guy, rich, spoiled, rich kid, but he's also insane. He's bigger than me. I'm like, I know exactly what to do. So, like, let's just fight. So we're just throwing blows, like heavy-handed blows. I'm getting back up. He won't go down type thing. And people are like, yo, we, we like this. And then they had me, they had this story of, like, me beating them in like four minutes or whatever and then they were gonna blow it off and we were like i don't like that I'm like i don't like it either so we went to um uh krista joseph who was the head writer at the time and we were like hey can i not beat him tonight can we just like fight and he takes my dog tags and he keeps going no oh, i man. think we can build something to this he was like yeah i love it so i like gave up my me lose me beating him to continue going on this going with this and we blew off at the end of the we we Finished off the end of that season in a scramble match. He eliminated me with the sister. And then we came in season three um, of uh, doing it was like the second episode of the Weapons of Mass Destruction mm -hmm. match. Gotcha. And so now my character is creating matches, a match type. So I'm like, okay, cool. Now there's something growing with this. But that, and then we killed it, had a crazy bloody match with him. He powerbombed me outside of the ring through tables. And we had a good story dichotomy between one, between one another, mm. and people just understood it. They got it. They like once again, it got that feel of okay, this match can't happen between two other people because he, he feels a certain way about him, right? That nobody else feels a certain way about him. This makes it personal. That's the connection. Yeah, that's so people yeah. connected yeah. with that, and he's same way back. There's certain things he won't do to him, but certain things he can do to mm -hmm. him. There's certain things this person, another character. 
would never do in a million years, but he can do it because there's that personal right, connection. Right, right, right. So we built that, and that's where it's, it clicked for me. I got to start making personal ah, interactions yes, between every go. single person. Like, I can't do this to him, but that character could. But this character wouldn't. This character would be, eh. <laughs> but what would I do? It has to, to make him? sense, right? Yeah, exactly. So every match of mine just started feeling more personal to the people. And then the kill shot character just grew. And then Dante Fox, the AR Fox character came in. Mm. And I was like, okay, now he's like a former military person in my storyline that I wrote. God, I got you. And they're like, okay, now I, nobody really can interact the same way between these two, the way anybody else can, because that's his former military person. That's where it all just started clicking for me, and it just took me to a no, whole whole nother level of thinking. That's great. Wrestling, yeah. What do you think the downfall was for Lucha Underground? Did it just run its course, or I feel like funding, because um, it was growing in popularity, but I don't feel like the studio wanted to grow it along with it. They didn't want to spend the money gotcha. to grow it. Like, gotcha. That. You know, like we should have been touring. Mm. We should have been. With that roster, yeah, With that roster, like the exclusivity of us, of like mm-hmm. those characters, you can't see these characters anywhere else, you know. Right. Like some people are just like, oh, we want kill shot, we want to book kill shot. Yeah, they're like, oh, you, know, you got to go through them, and it's going to cost X amount of dollars mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, okay, well, Shane Strickland's cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, gotcha. But that gave me the chance to like, all right, kill shot's over. I need to get Shane Strickland over. Right. Right. So I had to work a million times harder. To build that but i feel like they the merchandising they didn't want to spend the money on that spend or get the cost of spending the money to and forking out the money to pay us more for the percentage right, of right, the right. merchandise cost that was like a fight in a battle chavo guerrero can talk more about this because sure. he was like in those yeah games. he was in the office yeah yeah it was it would take a lot of money rather than just like these are tv people not right right people. of course they're yeah. bean counters yeah, yeah. They, yeah, it was just they were like, oh, it's just like the cost to send fly all these roster guys from all the way over here, book a venue, do this, do that, get the tickets. So the, like, they're these are TV people. Yeah, just like yeah, yeah. you wrestle here, you film here, you're done on after this date. We don't shoot yeah. anymore. <laughs> so yeah, well, as we start to wind down, you're here in yeah. AEW now. So what are your kind of your goals? Because you look like a million bucks. Oh, thank you've you. Done a great job since you come in, and like I said, to me, it's like it's it's amazing that you're here because you have pretty much everything that i can see that you need to really get to the next level. i appreciate that um i'm all about exceeding expectations i i look at twitter i listen to this i listen to that listen to that once again i filter it and i build that kevlar to be like oh okay like if you're doubting me three months in i'm like okay i'm gonna really laugh a year from now i always like making people like i always like making people look stupid at the end of these things because i've always just like I've always just had to overcome the doubt because they don't see it yet. Right, right, right. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I don't even fight you anymore. I'm just like, all right, cool. So I want to exceed expectations and doubt in all these other things because, like, our roster is, like, ridiculously insanely yeah, talented. It's huge, yeah. It's stacked. It's talented. And they were like, where does Swerve fit in with, like, uh, a Jericho, a Sting, a Punk, a Brian Danielson? I'm like, wherever the hell I can, wherever mm-hmm. I want to. Mm-hmm. Like, what's why are you – tearing that down yeah. right you know like why can't you see that there's a lot of other people that do and they're the people that follow me and support me i appreciate every last one of you but i want to 
clear those. I want to clear those doubts. Like they don't see what I can possibly the potential of what I can bring. Like right. I want a main event. I want, like anything the pay per views, TV. I want to win championships. I want to like. I want to also want to be that bridging gap between entertainment. I want to be like the Odell Beckham of this. You don't just see him on football. You see him right like hanging out with like J. Cole and Trey Songs and all these other guys on like in on boats and stuff. You see him like doing like little commercials here and there. You see him doing this. I don't want like the only place to see me is Dynamite and Rampage. You can see me everywhere. You know, I want that like musically podcasting sure. wise you know like i want to be on a fozzy record what's up <laughs> yeah, you know, I, want jericho on, I want jericho on swerve city podcast you know tony khan's coming in next week so like Let's i want to do it i pay yeah. you back yeah absolutely you know like i want to do it all you know there's no limits to this well last question for yeah. you um what's your favorite match that you've ever had and what's in your opinion your best song that you've done so people can go check out some of your some of your rap um best song i done it was just we just um we just wrote we just uh put it out our album came out march 18th swerve city uh tears album i did a song with music soul child who's like music soul child uh, r&b legend like yeah. literally like done it all in r&b since i've been listening to him since 98 okay freaking incredible artist um we did a song called not my fault well, the song is called Not My Fault. Yeah, gotcha. Music Soul Child. The song's called Not My Fault featuring Music Soul Child, me and Montezzi. We also do the podcast together. Okay. Our podcast is still on Peacock, too. They bought 10 episodes <laughs> from us. Still there. Not saying. And they mention it in the video game, too. You're crossing which, boundaries, man. See, you're already getting there. Exactly. But keep putting them doubts out there. All right, cool. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, So that's my favorite song. Favorite um, match. Uh, there's a lot of matches, I would say, like are a whole like individually close to your close to my heart mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure you have the same thing Absolutely, yeah. um i i gotta kind of categorize categorize them like definitely the hell of war match from lucha underground myself versus dante fox that's sort of like as far as like that character that's where it's just like all right i know it. i we did it yeah i culminated this character from like being just a guy on the show to this that's where like the, my crowning moment for the kill shot character in lucha gotcha, underground right. And independence, Shane Strickland wise, I would say that that would be um, me and Matt Riddle and MLW for the World Championship, MLW World Championship. Um, confetti fell from the sky and everything <laughs> when I won the title. And then this was like Riddle was like the guy, still is the guy, but mm. like that's where I feel like okay, I can hang with anybody. Right, I knew it. I knew like Shane Strickland can make money in this industry. That's why I, I figured it out there. TV wise, television wise, I would say me and Leon Ruff. I'm really proud of that. La- the um, Falls Count Anywhere match that was at NXT. Yeah, yeah, really, really proud of that. Because like coming through the back, it was just like I walked through with just such like my head held high, chest out, <laughs> sweating, but I'm not tired. Even yeah, though I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I just knew it's like one of those feels like you know walking mm-hmm. through the curtain, you just like. Yeah, like you can say whatever you want. Yeah. That was the shit. Inside, and I, I know, you yeah. knew it was. And yeah. you can't, nobody can tell you different. Yeah. Like, that was like, because my Twitter handle swerved confident. I felt more confident <laughs> that day than like nobody could tell me. That's you a catchphrase, man. Get swerved confident. Yes. There you yes, go. I, 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 I market it. I breathe it. I, because like I was really unconfident. And then I really tried to, had turned the switch over to being just super confident and it started rubbing off like the fans were like mm. yeah man this is this is the guy because i believed it and i right. flush it out i try to make sure 
people feel that. It, I want to emit that energy. Well, you are, man. Like I Thank said, you. you look great. I'm excited to see what you do here in AW, and it's awesome to get to know you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the time. Thank man. you, brother. That.